What's up, Sam? Yo. How was the game? It was fun. All right, so it's, it's already starting to uh, record as it always does. Um, so Kool-Aid will join shortly. It's episode two of, you know, pod form post uh, Katie Kyrie. Uh, I was just at the game, and uh, it was uh, interesting for about, you know, 10 minutes, and it was fun seeing Bridges' first quarter, and after that, the game was, you know, the game was the game. <laughs> I mean, you know. It's always fun to be at a, at, a, at an NBA game, but it definitely lacked some of the punch after the first quarter. So I, I asked you early about the attendance. You said it wasn't completely full, but you know that was kind of early in the game. Did it fill up by the end of the game? So I guess all game was like is, that. My expectations were so low that, like, I mean. I, I couldn't really get a great sense of the upper deck. Like I keep on thinking from like a Jersey perspective of what it, what this team is like when it doesn't have stars or even when it did and right. no one is at the games. And so like it was more full than I thought, especially because it was a game against a horrendous team that is playing for nothing. I mean, I guess it's a Sunday, but it's Sunday at six. So it's like, is that, is that really a time that people want to go? I mean, I, like, I don't really know, but you I'm know, sure you could get into the yeah, arena for cheap tonight too. Yeah, exactly. Did you have tickets prior? Or you you bought these. Uh, no, I had I bought these like not too long ago. Yeah, where did you have good seats? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, yeah. So I mean, well, I spent I didn't spend that much. I was like in the hundreds. The tickets were originally way more expensive, and I basically. Lot, waited for it to go down it ends up going down like unbelievably so yeah. that's the one advantage of uh having a bland roster is it's <laughs> very affordable to go to the games no 100%. hey look you know they won that's that's good i guess right um obviously that boston comeback the other night and, you know i think we had spoken about really using this episode to talk about the front office and We'll get to that, but just start off with these last couple games. Um, you know, the Boston comeback was certainly fun. I don't know that it gives me confidence that this team is going to finish the season strong. Um, to me, that had a lot to do with Boston. Even tonight, that like they had, you know, it was a blowout. Probably took the foot off the gas, but that second half was not pretty for sure. Yeah, I mean. It's so funny. The NBA is such a game of runs now that, like, when I look at that Celtics game, it's, like, it's impressive that they stuck with it and came back. Like, to me, it doesn't really say anything about any of the players individually, basically, besides Bridges. Because, like, I just think that anybody can beat anybody on any day. And you have a team like the Celtics, which, like, look, it wasn't too long ago that had the Nets lost a game like that, we would have been like, look, they're just waiting for the postseason. Who cares? Whatever. So, right. Like, it's hard for me to get too high or too low on any game. And I think, like, you're similar to me in that, like, we kind of think big picture, like, what actually is going on. And so, at the end of the day, like, the roster is what it is. It's why, like, I went with a friend of mine who's not a big basketball fan. And he was shocked that I started out the game by saying, like, I'm just letting you know, like, whether they win or lose this game, like, my my temperament's going to be pretty much the same. Like, I just don't, like, it's like, I mean, it would have been pathetic for them to lose this game because of how bad the Hornets are. But, right. like, generally, like, I I see the argument for them losing games. So, like, it is it is what it is. I mean, the Boston game, to me, I think you kind of said it, is the best thing was that there was some level of fight 
in the team. They didn't just – they could have easily been like, well, we lost again. <laughs> you know, we have Charlotte coming into town. Like, we'll just beat them. They hung in there. You really saw it towards the end of the first – I honestly, I shut the game off, put the Knicks on, and I just saw on my phone that they had cut it to, like, 18. So I said, all right, let me just pop this back on on a commercial. And then they went on that run towards the end of the half. Um you know, they're going to beat Houston, you would think, on yeah. was that Tuesday, right? Yeah. And then after that, I mean, it is a brutal schedule. I believe it's Milwaukee, Denver, OKC, and Minnesota on the road. Right. And then come home to the Kings, Nuggets, and then uh, back-to-back home games with the Cavs. So, it you know, we're going to really – tell these next 10 games you know they're gonna have to play at least 500 ball um and we'll go from there i mean i'm not expecting good things there i'm I'm just not no neither am i i also i mean what's so funny is that assuming the knicks lose to the celtics today like they're gonna be a game back again from the knicks right but even like tonight without brunson the knicks are battling yeah i just you know i just think they're better right now. I expect them to play well enough to hold the Nets off. And I just don't think the Nets will play win enough games to to pass that. I do think they'll have a good shot to keep um, Miami behind them just because I don't think Miami's going to win that many games themselves. Yeah, I mean, what's, what really is interesting is that I thought – and I think you were kind of in a similar camp. Like I thought that anything was on the table with them in terms of like them falling to, if you told me they fell to nine or 10 because they lost a bunch in the row and it seemed like the Raptors had gone something. I mean, the Raptors have been playing better, but if the Raptors finally kind of showed what everyone thought they were going to be and the wizards are still playing hard and they've won like six out of their last 10, you know, and it was like, Oh, did they, like have the Hawks found something? Are they going to get a boost with, Snyder as the coach and so you told me like they fell to 10 or 11 even because they had some just epic collapse I would have believed it but like now looking at the schedule I mean you're now another week or two you know past uh where we were the last time I was kind of assessing everything it's like all right there's the Nets have played 64 games they got 18 games left and they're still two and a half up on the heat like yeah so I what is it for they're still four up on the Hawks like right the thing is like those teams are not going to play at a high pace themselves. You know, maybe Atlanta I can see getting hot, but I think the very worst case scenario for the Nets would be the eight seed. I don't see anybody passing them that's further behind. I don't think either Toronto or Washington are going to go on that type of tear. And I don't think the Nets will lose that badly. Like, what do they have, 17 games left after tonight? Uh, 18, yeah. 18. So, right. Even if they went seven and 11, you know, those other teams would still have to play at a pace that they haven't played at all year to, to pass them. So, they'll, they'll, they'll probably, you know, they're going to be at the worst in the play. And they have a solid shot to keep Miami at bay. And, you know, and then you go from there. Um, you know, I don't have too much to add on the, the team that, you know, in that regard. I'll say that Bridges is definitely playing better than I anticipated. Uh, and I'm second guessing my Houston trade scenario we went over last time. Uh, I still would do that, but now I'm starting to be like, eh, maybe that that might not be the best. I, I need these 18 games and possibly playoff series to make that determination. Uh, are we expecting Cool in here? I kind of want to wait for him to do the 
Yeah, no, I, I assume he's I assume he's gonna come. The other thing I like I could say also just like filibuster for a second is like I, like I and I think you've been in this camp for a while, even like as the trades were happening. Like to me, the seven slash eight seed for the Nets is like is is worst case of all the options. Like I just I don't need to watch four games because it will be four games against the Bucks or Celtics. Zero interest. Like like if you told me they're gonna play Philly, like. A, I think that they're kind of the exact team that Philly like kind of hates to play. I mean, the Philly would obviously win the series, right? And you, I don't get any like you know jollies of like the moral victories, but like I do think it would be a, a more interesting series. And it they would, I mean, they're kind of built the opposite way that the Sixers are, so it would at least be somewhat entertaining. And like it, it kind of reminds me, it's a little obviously similar to the 2019 first round series, but. But the seven eight seed thing to me is just like, like would so much rather drop particularly back the like Milwaukee. I have zero interest in getting pummeled by Milwaukee. Yeah, like because you know it's four games, and if it's five games, it's honestly probably because like so, someone like got rested on the other team. It would be like when they played uh, that bubble uh, playoff series. Yeah, where it was exactly. just like they have literally no chance. To win a game in this thing, so what's what are we doing here? So, but I, you know, I, to me, I, I, I think they're gonna. It's fifty fifty, man. Whether they hold off Miami or not, it really is because you know, watching Miami the night against the Knicks, like they're just not that impressive of a team. Like they're another team. I think I text you guys. I'm like, they, they're gonna have to like figure something out here. Like, what are they building towards? Yeah, so like, so it's interesting. So Tankathon um, says that says that I guess of the remaining schedule, which they update like game game by game. I mean, it's all pretty bunched up, especially because you know everyone kind of is mediocre in the NBA besides a couple of teams. Right. Only a couple of teams are really bad. But the Nets' remaining strength of schedule is basically smack in the middle. Miami's is is the like twenty. I guess you would say like the tenth easiest. Uh, the Hawks have the tenth hardest. You know, it's all, but it's all within a right. couple of percentage points. Now we like the, play. Like, I know we play Atlanta at the end of the month, and I think we have one more with Miami. Yeah, we have one more with Miami. Basically, our tough games are: we still have one with Milwaukee, two with Denver, one with Philly. What's up, cool? That's um, good, Joe. One with we got two with Cleveland, one with Sacramento, and then our easier or easyish games are two two with Houston. I mean, two with Orlando, who I think Orlando would beat us both times because I just think they have the type of team that would kill us. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, I'm not at the point yet where I'm counting any. I, it wasn't until like a few minutes into this game where I was like, "All right, this is a definite win." Like before the game, I was like, "You know, they could lose. Maybe Rozier gets hot." I, I didn't realize quite just how bad that team is. Like <laughs> Charlotte is about as well, boy. Do they need to win the lottery this year? Yeah, they have to get with. the first or second pick. You know, they are fucking terrible. Like they're uh, horrible. They, I mean, the I mean, look, the Bridges thing is basically losing. You know, your second best player for nothing. And Lamelo, obviously, his whole year was basically killed with his ankle. The Hayward thing has been a, just a, a disaster. I mean, Hayward was. I, I mean, you guys watch a game like Hayward live was just like he still makes the same moves he used to make, but he just airballs them. Like, he's like Joe Harris on defense too. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's really unplayable, and it's. And I couldn't really tell if he was playing today 
over the young guys solely because like they just kind of want to see like what they have or I don't know if they're showcasing him. I mean, like, I mean, I was big on trading Hayward for Ben and like, even that's like a, a, a discussion. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would do that. I think I mean, aren't the contracts the same, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Hayward actually has a year less. So next year is an experiment. Oh yeah. That's yeah. why I think I wanted to do it also. So, Clay, we, we kind of, before you got on, we just kind of gave our thoughts on the last two games. Uh, to summarize, you were happy with the effort the team showed in Boston. I don't think it's anything indicative of where they're headed. Um, I thought it was more just like kind of one of those nights in the NBA. And then, obviously, tonight's game, you know, good to win. Didn't really play a great second half. Uh, and I think Sam kind of really felt the same way as me. How have you felt about the last two? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy we was able to do the comeback for whatever reason it happened. Um, you know, that's not something you could think you could do every night. Um, I'm happy that we won the trap game because, you know, coming off an emotional high of finally beating Boston and coming back in the fashion in which we did. Even though we didn't play good in the second half, we did enough in the first half. Right. Um, I just think, like, at some point, we have to get the guys calmed down and into sets so that you're not scoring 16 both quarters. Yeah, that that second second half half tonight was brutal. It was just a one-on-one fest. Yep. And they're just not built to play like that. (laughs) They just, you know – Look, Bridges is playing well. I'm not going to say No, he's Bridges not, but... said it. Bridges yeah. said it. Like, we don't have the ISO players here anymore. He, even him, he's like a flow of the offense scorer. Yeah. You know, yes, he can go one-on-one a little bit, but that's, you know, he's not – his bag is not that deep. <laughs> you know, like he's going to run out of uh, options there. Uh, so, I, I totally agree. I it really just looked like they were kind of hunting – Hayward and some other white guy who I've never seen before in my life. Um, yeah, all the entire second half. Yeah, I guess we all we we we, we all agree so far on, on on the last two games. Yeah, and like you know, we had discussed last uh, time we spoke, we were going to kind of use this to talk about the front office, the coaching. Right, I got my stuff ready. I, whenever you're yeah. ready, I'm, they'll start us I, off. Why don't we? Yeah, start cool. With, you start us off. Let's all start right, with I'm. All right, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start off coaching, GM, then ownership, like working okay. our way up. All right, so give me a second because this one gonna be a little bit. <laughs> so, so you've been waiting for this one. Yeah, I've been I've been I've been patiently waiting. So with the coaching, I think Vaughn was good when we had the stars, right? Because he was a good motivational speaker, so he could get them to buy in, and he only had to do two things which was call timeouts and do subbing at the right time. That was his only two jobs he had to do because the offense is basically ISO, read and react off of Katie and Kyrie. So it takes a lot of um, ownership off him. And if you're looking now at how stagnant we look or how we don't really get into anything, that that part shows. Um, I think with this with this group here, we need an X and O coach. Uh, rather that be the top assistant next, you know, during this offseason. But you can't go in with the same think tank of everybody coming from the spur. 
I need I need him to actually, if he's going to be here, which you know, his contract says that at least for now, he he will that, be back. Yeah, for sure. Depends, and I did. This is why I'm gonna wait to get into that part. But as his contract states, he's going to be here at least two years, right? Um, right. He needs to step out of the Spurs comfort zone that he came from and actually go get coaches who can coach and don't have the same mindset as him. Um, Like when you think about the first year of Nash, he had Mike D'Antoni and, 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 and Ime. Even though Ime did the Spurs, he also was with Philly. So he at least had something to bounce back of different ideas. Right. And he came directly from Philly, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Too. So like his, it wasn't like his prior stop was San Antonio. Yeah. And then my last thing, and then I'll be done, is that he needs to – so he's been here the whole year. He knows what he has on his bench as far as guys like Subna and Yuta, and especially in this one, especially Subna, when you were allowing him to start for two different stints and he produced 10 plus points and was a great point of attack. I don't see how now he doesn't know how to utilize these guys. He's so focused on this nine man rotation. When I think really he should have an eight guaranteed rotation and the other two should be dependent on how they're playing because right now, you know, Seth Curry is not a is not a guard point guard. Right, you know that Joe was hit or miss, and his confidence is down. So that tells you you need to at least put something in Cam. You might want to find ten to fifteen minutes for him when you can. Um, I'm not really mad with his minutes because I still don't think he know how to play well with others. Um, but yeah. I just think like the Subna thing and the Utah, it's just like. At some point, you have to play them because we're going to need them to win. That's it for me on coaching. So I I think Vaughn, what they tried to do was, after the trades, try to establish some sort of normalcy and consistency. And whatever we think of Jock as a, a coach, I don't think anybody can ever say anything bad about the man himself. Like, he's just clearly, like, a nice – Guy, I think he's very responsible, good face of the franchise, you know, speaks well in the media. But it's just like the whole thing to me felt rushed and unnecessary. He already had another year under contract. There was no need to do this now. I don't know why they didn't wait to see how things played out the rest of the way. Um, and for sure, so far, like, I get it's tough adjusting on the fly, but they haven't really seemed to find a normal rotation and any type of flow on offense. It, it really, and I understand the personnel is not great there, but th- what's the system? What are, what are they trying to do? Shoot threes? But how? Like, how are they getting those threes? It's not through, like, rim running and trying to draw the defense in. I don't really know exactly what the plan is. And that was my thing. You want to shoot 50 and 63 pointers, but your best play is a mid-range, a mid-range shooter. Just like in Spencer's best game is attacking the basket, then stepping out right. to shoot the three. So at some at some point, you need five plays. I, I put that on Twitter. At least give me five plays that you can get out of a timeout and five plays they can run 
when they need to get a basket to slow things down and get a good shot. Yeah, I think – so my my only thing about Vaughn, because I basically agree with everything you guys have both said, the only thing I would add is I think from – I think from like a pure business, like corporate structure perspective, I think that a lot of the way that Vaughn has been treated right recently by the organization is a lot of – A, we're, we're kind of sorry that you've had to deal with a lot of this, and B, you know – we we kind of and maybe this is Mark's admitting this, but like we fucked up passing on you for Nash two two and a half years ago. Especially like you've kind of been you've kind of been the garbage man of this organization. You came in during the bubble, living in Orlando for like you know a month and a half on end, like and 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 like really got the most out of the team at that point. And then we made you like Nash's top assistant when Nash had never coached before. And then you come in here to this like horrendous situation and you know, went on like the big winning streak you went on, then the players demand out. Like, and I just wonder, I think a lot of this was, you know, giving a reward to a guy who's been through a lot with the organization and probably hasn't asked for that much and has always been a good soldier. But I also agree at the end of the day, like the Nets aren't like, aren't a charity. And like, there was no, like I understood giving him like the, whatever it was, the non-guarantee for next year or the guarantee for next year. But I agree that giving him this like, big extension to me was kind of a little bit of overkill. So who do you think it came from? Because in my, am I too full for this? I can say one, it, if it came from marks, I look at it as I know I'm on my way out. Let me, let me make sure my guy is good, you know, cause that's a guaranteed contract. He's going to get his money. Or I can look at it and say it from side, what you just said, you know what? I haven't been here that long. I've been here for three years. You've held water. You've been the one um, calming voice or, or face, you know, for the team. So, you know, okay, I like him. But that still doesn't mean that it's going to be uh, Sean is still here with him because his his thing hasn't been announced yet. I don't but think. I'll, I'll wait till we get to the Well, team. I also don't think, by, by the way, like there's no chance that like, to me it wouldn't make sense for for why i mean at the end of the day Cy has to sign off on every single thing that the franchise does and so the idea that marks knows he's on his way out so he's going to give his friend a deal it's like he can't you can't you can't sneak that by the owner no no i don't think it's a sneak thing when i'm saying it Or, or what i'm saying is so do we believe that marks allows the basketball people to do basketball, take care of the basketball aspect? Because if he's taking care of the basketball aspect, it could have been sold as, you know, well, we're not really trying to win a championship in the next two years. Let's give him the extra, you know, years. Because if you only give him what he had, the the team option for next year, it's almost like saying, yo, we do this year away and next year with, you know, whatever happens, we're not expecting to be competitive. So we're giving you an extra two years to really get the coach a good team. And for me, when I saw the extension, and y'all know, and I chat, I said it, I was like, oh, I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I haven't watched the game since. Yeah. And the, the reason why is because, to me, you punt it. And it's okay if we took a step back for this year. But like you alluded to, he had another year left. So the thing about that to me was, 
if you had the stars, you were going to fire him in the offseason because he wasn't the coach for the stars. But now that you got this team that's not too far off, we're not bottom of the barrel. You can't give them something that you wouldn't give the stars. It just I, don't work that way. I think it's a pretty clear sign to me that Marks is definitely coming back and is going to get a chance yep. to build this thing again. Yep. I, I think that's what it really kind of says to me is Marks is going to survive this. And you well, know, that leads us right into it, man. Take us, take us right, right. into it. So, man. like, <laughs> I got the sentiment that, like, all right, Marks uh, did a good job rebuilding this franchise. He did it with no picks. But he, no, like, to me, the fact that, like, nobody's going to pay for what just happened here. I'm watching the ABC game today, and I'm like, yo, like, two of the three best players on this game were on our team, like, a week ago. <laughs> like, you know, Philly, one of the best teams in our conference. We saved them from Ben Simmons, and no one's going to pay for this. And I think Mark's tr- trading for Ben Simmons just in and itself is a fireball offense. But he's clearly going to survive this thing. And, you know, I guess at this point, the only thing we can do is hope he learned from the, the mistakes that were made over the last few years. Now, go ahead, you go. Go ahead, you go. Okay, you sure? Because I know this, I know Mark's your guy, so I, 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 I'll wait to go last. No, you, know, you I, go. I, okay. I, yeah. All right, let me get to him. <sighs> Where do I start? So I'm going to piggyback off of what you said and then go on my rant. So when you look at that, he hasn't won any trade from the position of strength that he's had since he's been here. To me, he should be going. Um, but I'm just going to keep it to what just transpired. You don't lose three of the top 100 players for whatever reason and can keep your job at that place. It was Actually, a year. It's not yeah. like they left you know, over the course of like a few This was one by one in a year span. And yes. he made all those deals at, at the deadline. Yeah, like at some point, he never puts the team first and say, nah, we're going to wait to the offseason to do that. Because, you know, I, I alluded to it with you, Ben, with the Harden trade. Harden would have had to opt in, right, to his $47 million deal to do a sign or get signed and traded. Philly right. could not have moved that much money for him. And even if and, they could, right, they would have rather still done the Simmons-type move because yeah. of keeping – there are other useful pieces. They would have had to jettison a lot of picks to get rid of guys like Tobias Harris. They would have got rid of Maxi, Maxi, right? Picks Tobias Harris. Then they would have lost a lot just to have those two players together. And right. so for me, it was like, I get that he quit, right? But I understand why he quit too. So it, it, as 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 a ball player, you know. When you sign up, I leave in my own team to come play with two other stars and one guy doesn't want to be on board with the two of us. So now instead of it being a big three, it's a big two. That's fine. I can deal with that. Then my partner gets hurt. So now it's me back by myself. You're killing me. I don't feel like I'm him. Like, you know, I I, I didn't sign up for this. 
And then every, at every Last. turn, and at every turn that you could do what you needed to do and get rid of Kyrie or or or, or displace some blame, you chose not to. So right. that's frustrating. Houston to not have to carry a load anymore. Yeah. That was the idea, right? Like, he could have stayed in Houston and gone through this. So my other thing is, I don't think we're in a rebuild, right? I get that Marks was good in the rebuild. He hasn't shown, and this is since 2019, since we got the stars, he hasn't shown that he's able to build a championship team. And I'm even talking about the, the marginal players because they actually matter in the playoffs. And, now, and those are guys 9, 10, and maybe 11. Maybe, but you definitely, 8 through, eight through 9, 8 through 10, you need those dudes. And so for me, it's like you can build from the ground up, but we're not at the ground level anymore. We're actually competitive, a borderline, what would we say, right now, borderline playoff team. I would say that if the season started from scratch with this roster, They'd be a team that would probably find themselves in the back end of the play-in. I agree. Yeah, I agree. yeah 500. That's what I'm saying. Like a, five, a 500 team. Seven to 42 wins, depending on health and, you know, variance, right? Mm-hmm. So, so now I, you ask him to do action. So for me, um, you know, I think, like, he's not creative enough for me. And the one thing that still bothers me, is why are we a luxury tax team and carrying Seth Curry when you could have got something for him? Because a good GM is not going to allow his owner to pay the luxury tax for this. Well, it's also hurt him next year because that repeater tax is going to be something probably going to be like, I only want to do this if I really think the roster is something. So a marginal improvement or something that may cost money me and next. Or I'm telling you, and I, and I said this in our last, in our last part, because it, it's so true. You will see penny pinching, and people would allude that to the owner being cheap. And no, it's not. It's the GM is being, um, he's not financially responsible. Because it's no way you go in and you give up KD and Kyrie and know you're not winning the chip. And say, okay, I I got us a hundred million down. You finished the job. You still had time to finish it, and that's just the incompetence of him. I, it's hard to argue that it really is. I mean, I mean, we were all expecting after the trades something else, you know, the other shooter drop on that, right? We were figuring there was another move coming down the pipeline. You know, it never happened. Um, you know, I think. Mark certainly has lost his way. I think he became a desperate GM. The, you know, the, the pressure will be off in a sense here. The Nets are going to kind of fall back into the oblivion here. I don't think that. I don't. I really don't think that. And the reason why I don't think that is, so you got two dudes who made the finals two years ago. One is actually now the face of the of the, of the um, franchise. People don't pay. People need to pay attention. These dudes are vocal. They're not like KD and, and Kyrie who, who are saying crazy things or just saying anything. They're really making sound basketball decisions when they speak they're intelligent and they keep saying it. Yo, we don't understand the terminology here. That That's fine. That's basketball. But it's kind of weird that a team went to the finals and then they're saying you're doing the opposite of what we know. 
<laughs> Brian. We right. The defense we played when we went to the finals. Yeah. Then, then, then you, then they're also singing, "Yo, we're not really running nothing. Our our sets are ISO sets, but we don't have the ISO players anymore." So that tells you, like, hey, coach, draw up something different. Find something that works that we could do to to better utilize our skill set. So they're saying it now. We're just looking at it as, oh, you know, they're making an observation. No, they're they're telling you what what works and what don't work. Go ahead, Sam. I know you're. No, I mean, I don't. I mean, to be honest, I. I've been I've been more moved by a lot of Marx's inactions that's made me kind of go off his bandwagon than any like actual like moves that he's made. Like I like I mean, look, I think at the end of the day and like I don't I think none of us really want to rehash the last two and a half, three years because that's like a nightmare. No one needs to relive. (laughs) But like but like I just think I just basically think that you play, you know, the last couple of years out, you know, 10 times. And the Nets basically got the worst, the worst case scenario of it. And he's, and, and in another, and in another stratosphere, he's viewed as, or in another world, he's viewed as, you know, this NBA title winning GM. And it, and it goes to show why, you know, a lot of this stuff is really, is really tenuous. And like, at the end of the day, like you are what the, what, what the results are and what the consequences are. But I do think that, you know, context matters, but all that is to say that, I agree that I think that he has become um, I think he has become I think he became too obsessed with the idea of his type of guys and his type of playing as opposed to like what the team needs. And I think that he definitely promotes a certain style that whether it works or doesn't work, I don't really care as much about what I care more about is that I think that the fact that he's not able to be amenable to you know different styles and different types of players and that we continue to bring in the same types of guys is what is what worries me more so do i think that if he stays it's equivalent to you know like some other horrendous gms that have been with that had have been with certain franchises like no like this guy's not you know like uh like a dave gettleman in the in the in, in football or john idzik in football or you know like Brody Van Wagen with the Mets, like he's not a guy where every single move that you that he makes, you're holding your breath because you're waiting to give up, you know, six picks for, uh, for you know some some shitty player. That's not what so, I think we're dealing so with. So my question to you, Sam, is he's been here seven years now, right? Yep. What is he going to get a three three year? Does he like to me? I think he is. He should get a one year extension, and I know that's crazy to say. Because no, I don't think it is. I think no, I, look because I, I most think, people right. most people will say, well, and I and you know I even said it. No real good GM is going to be on a um, expiring as a lame duck. But my thing is this with him: he's too reactive. He's not proactive. I know, and I I agree with you on that. And I think that look, he, here's the thing that I think a lot of people also miss in the whole Ben Simmons trade thing that happened is that so number one like Ben Ben hurt himself w- while trying to ramp back up. And that's where like a lot of these issues were re-aggravated. It wasn't that like Marks necessarily or the Nets traded for spoiled goods, even though Ben was quote unquote, like spoiled because of other stuff he had going. But the big issue with the big issue with, 
with Marks and why I lost a lot of respect with him after learning more about it is that it's clear that he got completely played by Rich Paul in that it was clear that Rich Paul was selling a bill of goods to the Nets that this guy would be up and running soon and the guy was nowhere near basketball shape. And that is just like completely inexcusable and is something where like that is like honestly in a, in, in, in a league that's as competitive and has as many smart people that want to be GMs like that is as pretty close to a fireable offense as you get. Like that is a fran- I mean, it's a franchise change in trade and, you know, and, 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 and so it went and like, and, and, and all of that happened. Um, but look, I like, I think that there's, I think that if you're, if we're going by what happened over the last year or so, I think they did well in the Kyrie trade and I think they did well in the KD trade. But all that is to say is that I think that they, I, I think they do need a new guy in, in, in here. I think that they, need a new person to speak on uh, for for the draft i think that and and honestly i would i would get rid of almost the entire front office like i think if you're going to get rid of marks like i would like clean it up and not get somebody who's a marks disciple or who's already in house like i would get someone who has a fresh perspective on basketball and i what i also don't want and i'm really feel very strongly about this is i don't want like the Bob Myers of the world of someone who's already, it's like, to me, it's like such a Knicks type thing. Well, see, to get, I, I agree with you with that. I and don't people... want somebody who's already, who, who has nothing left to prove in their life and is already on cloud nine and is already on their way to Springfield, be, like as, as an executive, like give me somebody who's like number two or number three in one of these really good franchises that has never been the head of a franchise the same well, way where Marx that... was for RC Buford. I'll say this for, for, for Bob Myers. Let me give him a little bit of bell. He made some of those picks, but he had Jerry West hand in a lot of stuff he did. Yep. So maybe him even coming here is saying, yo, this is the first time I get to do it with no interference. Yeah, but so, a lot of the stuff that a lot of stuff that he wanted was wrong. Yeah, yeah, that 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 too, because he almost gave up Clay Thompson for Kevin. He Love. wanted yeah. to trade, yeah, Clay for Kevin Love, and he, by the way, is also the guy over the last couple of years that has wanted the youth movement over trying to bring guys to win while 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 Steph is there, and he's the one that's made you know the the Wiseman pick and the Moody pick and the Kaminga pick, and I, I mean those guys are brought up are are talked about in the NBA media so much that I think they're viewed as much better than what they are, and the truth is is like. Wiseman's already misses. gone. Yeah. Yeah. And so for, for me, when I when I when I think about Marks, right? And I think about the draft. And I, I, I believe I said this to y'all on the phone and in and in text. He hasn't been good in the draft since Trajan Langdon left. And yep. if you look at the Pelicans draft since 2019 to now in the Nets, it's night and day. And we and, and and don't you know? I know people listening. You might think about well, the picks is making it better. They're still finding finding talent in the back of the draft. Like I don't even know who this Marshall dude is, but he's good. I can't tell you when he got picked, and I'm normally good at that. Yeah, I, I, but he's good. he is game. He's good. He's starting. Like so, for me, it's just like you need somebody to put this together who's been looking at the nets for maybe the last two years and just saying, yo, if I had a shot, I would do X, Y, Z. Like somebody needs to come in with a real plan, not star hunt and and, and, and can articulate that plan to Joe Sa. 
because right now I don't I don't feel confident in Monks in the direction he wants to take the team. My biggest fear about keeping him is there's gonna be some I feel like he's my and I like I we don't know his the state of his contract, but he may feel like he has to make a move to keep his job. Yeah. Right? And I feel like that's when he's gonna force a bad trade. Like he's gonna make a move for someone like Levine or Levine, yep. That's the one that I'm the most nervous about. You that's, know, like, I, I think that's coming. Because like he may not be that that difficult to get, right? But now they may be saddled with like that bad contract for the next Well, week. I'm hoping if you get off that contract, right, you're getting rid of Ben Simmons in that. And that's another thing. So you did these two trades for stars, but you didn't get off a Ben Simmons contract and none of them. You didn't make them group in the third team. You know what? I, but I don't I don't mind that because Ben's value is so low right now that that's equivalent to basically attaching picks with him. And I would rather have them accumulate as much as they could for those two stars without having to get rid of Ben and then let Ben do some type of rehabilitation this coming no, year. No, no, no. You, you, you're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm going to give Ben some, 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 some bail right now. And because I said this in the beginning of the year, but I want to say it on record again. I mean, I'm pissed with his play because it's more so his mindset yep. than his play. But truthfully speaking, he shouldn't have played this year. And the reason why I say that is Michael Porter Jr. had that surgery three times, right? He had it in college. He sat out the rest of the college year. He had it his second or third year in the league, right? He missed the year. He had it last year. He missed last year. So if he's having the same surgery as Ben and he's missing the whole year, why did we allow Ben to play? Because the time, the timeline for Ben, and I want to say this for the for the listeners, if he had the surgery May, early June, right? For three months, he can't do anything. So I want to believe he had it late May, early June. So I'm just going to say June. So that means September was the first time he was able to start doing his ramp up, right? Which also means training camp. He played October 19th, the first game of the season, and he played heavy minutes, and coming off a of back surgery, you played a man as a five. So we kind of did him a disservice, not to mention that he also already has a, a fragile ego and, and mental. So he, this season was destined for him to fail because he didn't even get the proper rehab. So they should have been shut him down. They were, they were trying to win a title this year. Yeah, I, I I get the reason for it, but what I'm but what I'm but that's why I use Michael Porter Jr. because that's somebody recent who had the same exact surgery. The only person who came back quick, like Ben, was Dwight Howard when he got to the Lakers, and he still wasn't right. It took until when he got to Houston to actually get to get better, which was a whole year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, because we bash the man, you know, and when I say we, I mean the fan base. Like, we we kill him every day. We know he don't show up. We know it's mental, right? He's not looking at the rim. But it's also kind of crazy to hold him to everything when we know he's a player, that it was his athleticism that made him special with his But side. cool, you also, but here's the thing with Ben, and then we go back to, like, Marks and or Cy or whoever we want to talk about. The thing with Ben, though, is that, is that, is that, it was never this year. It was it was fans weren't upset with him 
irrational fans the, were not upset with him because he didn't look like how he looked in the playoffs in 2019. They were upset with him because he wasn't doing the bare that he wasn't doing the bare bare minimum. Yeah, and that and, 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 and that and that's the part that's that's inexcusable because and I I bring this up a lot with Ben, but like Ben is not the first and he's not going to be the last guy to be an NBA player playing with pain. Like a lot of these guys are doing it on a nightly basis. And I agree that the back is like as debilitating as anything is, but like when you're doing what he's doing and like, in my opinion, dogging it. And like, I believe that he's, I think he's found a loophole in the NBA system and using the word soreness. Like, I think that's what it should say on the back of his Jersey instead of Simmons. No, I think they're going to address that too. I think they're going to address that. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't. Uh, I, I I think I I think that's where people. Uh, I think that's where people like me at least like lose it with him. But I think to go full circle back to the marks thing. I mean, I do. I mean, look, like I mean, when you go back to the when you go back to it, and Bam was right at the time. Like he texted at that time. I don't even know. If, I don't know how big the group chat was, but he said like, you know, this is going to be the beginning of the end trade wise. And it. Well, me and, and Bam both said that. We both agreed on that. Like yeah, and it, and it and it. And it, and it was, and it, and it really didn't help watching that uh, Sixers-Bucks game last night. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I just don't see it, – it's clear to me that Cy truly views um, the, the players as not, like, most of the reason for, for what, why everything happened, but the reason. Because I think, like, as cool as you always mentioned, the guy has gone through a gazillion CEOs. He doesn't put up with guys who aren't good at his good at their job. And to me, like, the fact that it seems like Marx is safe amidst everything that's happened means that he that Sai must be so both like emotionally and rationally or irrationally like hit by what the what happened behind the scenes with the players or even like. Uh, in, in front of the scenes that, that that he's just like we gotta give this guy we gotta give this guy another shot like I personally don't care but like, he, I, like I think that I think it doesn't matter they should they should like you know like you're, you're dealt a certain hands and that's it but it's clear that that's what's going on well he doesn't have a contract extension his, con- his contract is over right so I know like usually when it happens like this they let them play out the season but it's no way if if you already extended Jacques Vaughn that we just don't announce his. And that's why I'm still kind of hesitant to think if he's going to truly be here or not. I think Sai is still waiting to see certain things. Like, because he's very impulsive. And he just, the way he gets rid of his CEOs is, is it's crazy. So now that he's starting to look at the basketball side, I, I think, you know, what you said, Bam, and, and you, Sam, about JV, I think that may be top to bottom. People just love him, right, in that organization. So, yeah, you'll say I'll take a chance on him. You might not be taking a chance on that GM. It's possible. I mean, and I think this is a, a time to transition to Cy. I'll, I'll just yeah, say perfect. about Mark is, you know, once you, once you go into – big three team, right? And you didn't do it organically, right? You didn't draft these guys. There was no the margin of error becomes smaller and he whiffed on a lot of 
minimum signings. The Patty Mills signing was terrible. Use of the mid-level exception. But then Cy, I think he's the thing that scares me the most. Let's just look at some of the things that have gone on under his watch. Number one, let's go with Dinwiddie, right? When Dinwiddie was a free agent, we essentially let him go for nothing. We acquired zero in that trade. We didn't even get a first-round pick. So they like the, the Wizards are, need our help to get a player that they were giving out a $20 million contract to, right? A guy that they were trying to sign to be their starting point guard. And we, allowed, we let them do that with getting nothing back. His handling of the COVID situation was terrible. With Kyrie, first they suspend him, then they bring him back. It was just all nonsense, you know. And, he, you know, the, uh, I mean, I don't know. Allowing Marks to hire Steve Nash was terrible. And, you know, clearly him and Kyrie had a combative relationship towards the end. And, and, and the other thing I would add is the trading four seconds with DeAndre Jordan. Right. right. So basically they gave up all that stuff just to get rid of DeAndre. Right. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Which that was clearly a financial, like, I mean, there's, there's nothing else to say about what that is besides finances. Look, they, they didn't. And again, right. So he was a guy, too, that was going to become an expiring contract that could have been useful. Right. Um, and they didn't use the mid-level, I don't believe, the first year with the big three. They never no. used it. Why? Now, like, now when he's cutting money, I'm not mad at you for that. Because like you said before, Clay, that's the time to do it. You know, not because you right, why would you want to be paying repeater taxes and stuff like that when you're when the expectations are different? But, you know, going into that 2020 season – you, you know, you, you're the favorites to win the NBA title. You don't use the mid-level exception. They should have used it on Jeff Green. R- right. Who left because they didn't. Right. They could have. No, they used it on, on they used it on Patty Mills. No, I'm, the year before, I'm saying. 2020. Yeah, they, they didn't yeah, use they, it. They should have used it on, on Jeff Green, and they didn't. Right. They signed him to a, a minimum contract, and then he left for greener pasture or more money the next year because, they, and they, again, they chose – uh, him and I'll even say, like, how does Bruce Brown not get resigned this offseason? Listen, I think, I think, um, because they was never going to use Bruce Brown in the role that Denver's using, which is his natural position as a guard. They still was going to be this gadget, like, he's not a gadget player. It, it, it worked for Brooklyn because we had some height around him, so technically, he still was a guard, even though he was masquerading as a center. Right. And, and Plus, when you're playing with Kevin Durant, like a lot of things can look good that wouldn't yeah. maybe look good elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to also remember Bruce Brown was on that. I mean, not Bruce Brown, James Harden was on that team. So that covered up a lot as well. He's going to hunt mismatches. I, I'm more to me, the Spencer, the Kuzma, the Bay, those ones bother me the most. Um, and not getting Maxi back, you know, y'all know I've been harping about that. Well, those like, are those to me are Mark's issues, though. Yeah, yeah, but now, now, oh, sorry, we're going into side. So, and, right. and and when I think about him, 
I don't think he's cheap. Let me start off by saying that the man had the second um, luxury tax bill. He's also on the luxury tax for this team. So that's not a man that's cheap. He, he's he's not him. cheap. He's cut corners in spots. Yeah, yeah, that 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 we know. But what I'm looking at it is, is it really him cutting corners? Or is it Marks rather having TPs to get his type of player? Well, let me ask you, do you think the Nets would have done what Golden State did with the D'Angelo Russell situation? I don't think so. I think um, like Golden State was like, yeah, we're going to take this contract on. We don't really see, want this guy, but, see, but we have to keep the, the salary slot. They did. They did, though. And in, in, in a sense, they did. When you when you when you think about Ben Simmons, he's that salary spot. He's and he's not even given production that D'Lo gave. Yeah, to, to say the least, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know but if you think about it, that that they did it with Kyrie just now. I think they, to me, to me, the issue with Cy is, and I like I've been pretty adamant that I don't think he's that I don't think he's cheap. I think. Where where I do agree with Bam is that I think that they've they've chosen times to close the checkbook that like logically made no sense and open the checkbook at times where no one really was asking them to like 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 Nash getting for example the massive contract that he got is something that like was kind of ridiculous and to me like almost kind of showed that the guy wasn't even really meant to coach. Because it was almost similar to how the Knicks paid fifteen million dollars for Phil Jackson, because like at the end of the day, he really didn't even but want to be there. That's not on side. I don't believe that's on side. I believe Prokovich was still here for Nash. No, that was side. No, that was side. Yeah. Pro- Pro- Prokovich's last hires were Marks and Atkinson. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, to me, that's to, to me that's like, and and then look, like to, to everything that Bam said, this is the reason why. I've gotten really nervous about the about the um, about the yeah. uh, about yeah. the Cam Johnson situation. They, they have because, to pay him. They have because to because a I I've I mean we've talked about this, but I disagree with you guys in that I think someone is going to give Cam a lot of money. I like I really do. I like I feel very 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 strong. What's a lot of money? What's what? a lot of money? I think so, I think someone's going to give him like. 22, 23, 24 gonna, million dollars a year. We're going we're gonna to pay that. Even if they give them $100 million for four years, they're going to pay that. Yeah, what, I guess what I'm nervous about is, is no, what, what's happens, gonna, what like, happens. What's going to happen is, and I, and I said this in our last part, they're going to get rid of Joe Harris for nothing because it's all you're doing is replacing that money that you would have gave Joe Harris, and they're going to get rid of Royce O'Neal. So if you yeah, get plus rid Curry of Royce, walking. Yeah, so if you get rid of Royce and Joe, right, that's almost thirty million. What's that like twenty nine million dollars? Thirty million. You give Cam the twenty five, and you bring a rookie or nobody. You under the luxury tax, and they're gonna get a whole bunch of um. You know they'll have the rookie deals, and you know maybe a vet minimum player. You know, I think by just to kind of wrap the this up for me, like from Nash slash Vaughn, Mark's sigh. When things were going poorly last year, no one had the leadership skills to like communicate and talk down like James off a ledge and be like, hey, yep. see that he respected. 
that he, he respected. Right. Like, they didn't respect the organization. They didn't like the way things were being handled. I mean, James basically told you this, you know, when he was here a couple weeks ago. Like, no one was like, hey, man, like, see the bigger picture here. Like, Kyrie's going to be back in a couple games. Like, Kevin's going to be back in a few weeks. And you know how he is. Like, he just, once he's back, he's back to, like, the normal role. Like, he doesn't need to, like, ease into his play. And we still have this team. And let's play out the rest of the season. Same thing with Kyrie. Like, nobody could communicate with him. And, you know, maybe Kyrie's a tough guy to communicate with. <laughs> but, like, like they just like they couldn't – nobody was there, like you said, Clint, that they respected to manage the relationship side of it fell apart way too fast. Like, they had Kevin Durant under contract for five years, a no-trade clause, a no-opt-out, and they just lost everything around him bit by bit to the point where he was like, well, I guess I got to go too. And even from the Nets perspective, I think they were like, at this point, we might as well get rid of him also. And and, and that's the biggest failure. And I hope this is the last time we rehash this, but from- I want to say one more thing from the owner's point. And, and, and it ties in with the with the GM. And I said this, and I, I just want to reiterate it one more time. I believe we got the stars one year too early. Meaning, we had only just started to crack the surface of making the playoffs. Kenny Atkinson was finally getting his footing. I think if you would have gave Kenny Atkinson one more year, because he was a good coach. If you give him, I liked Kenny. Yeah, I like Kenny him, also. You give him one more year, and you actually backed him like Pat Riley backed at Spo. And I know Spo had won already prior to that, or not? Now he didn't win yet, but he was one of you know. He, he was he was on that bench. I'm just saying, if you had a backbone to say, no, we're not getting rid of our coach, and you allowed them to play and played in the system, because KD still would have did his ISO. He just would have did it in spots outside of a system. I think they would have got better productivity and longevity with the Stars, because now the Stars would have kind of known, okay, we can't do this and we can't do that. All right, let's worry about the little stuff. Well, look, I mean, the Nets, what's what's interesting is I do think, and I said this in a spaces a couple of days ago, I do think the Nets were almost, you know, the the guinea pig to the, to, to I think, team building and the way that all these franchises and all these owners are going to handle a lot of these situations, I think is going to change a lot. Like, I think that, I think the Nets, to be honest, I think the way that Cy and Marks actually handled the KD trade request this summer is actually like a feather in their cap, and I think was something that, in the end, in the end made sense and led to them getting a better, it led to them getting a better deal, and also saying like, "Look, you're under fucking contract. Like, I don't know what to tell you." And I think there's going to be a lot of shifts away from you know like player empowerment and stuff like that. And I, like I know that's not really the focus of this conversation per se, but I do think it'll be interesting to see how the Nets handle all that stuff moving forward especially because I hope they don't go too far and start treating the team like a college team, which is obviously like not what the, not what the NBA is. But I do think that, you know, it, like clearly things are going to change within the, within the league, especially because you have so many owners that are paying so much money for teams that are just wildly underperforming. Like, I mean, you see what, like what's going on with the Clippers and how Balmer must be feeling, especially because his Silver. players also never play. Adam Silver yeah, has to get a little bit of David Stern in. Yeah. 
And so it'll be, and so all, like all that is to say, I'm, I'm curious to see how the Nets kind of react in this next, in this next uh, like era. But I do think, but I am nervous from what Clay has said. And I think he's right. And to Eve's credit, he even said this forever. Like, I I do think that it's become abundantly clear that Marx has his guys and the people that aren't his guys. And what we like kind of heard through the uh, through the grapevine was like part of the reason why the Nets didn't get anything for Dinwiddie was because someone like Kuzma or I forgot who was the other person. It was Kuzma KCP and there was a third person that was Montreal. No, nobody wanted Montreal Harris or Harold. Yeah, which maybe all right for that perspective, he was right. But but. Like I'd probably rather have the TPE than than Trez, but but I'd rather but, have Kuzma. Than, but overall, than, yeah, it's clear. TP. Like, and and also KCP would have been great in that uh in that in that Buck series. Like, imagine Kuzma in that Buck series. Another person that could go get you twenty. Oh, I guess that was the year after. But even so, it would have been helpful. Yeah, I just I just think like you can't have an architect type because we're not the Spurs, right? We don't have that fun foundational piece in um Tim Duncan and we don't have these Hall of Famers. So to me it's yo, know, you need talent. Talent attracts talent and talent wins. And when you start overthinking that, we already lost. Talent this is a talent driven league. It doesn't matter how you how you spill it and you need talent. Yeah, look, they these guys are have not like particularly marks. It's not like he's been an, uh, a disaster, so it's not like something where I feel like hopeless with him coming back. You know, you have to hope these guys learned from what happened here and can adjust to it and, and move forward that way. Well, with his principles, man, that's why I feel trapped. Because if you just said he's going to stick to who his guy is, and no matter what, like even. Jock Vaughn saying he he don't want Mikel Bridges taking mid range. He'd rather him attack the rim and shoot threes. Uh, that's just like, like I hate that though. That whole like the best scores in the but, league are all money from the mid range. But that but that's the principle on him. is my principles more important or is winning? Right. And when you start getting like that, that's why I said I want somebody who hasn't been in that Spurs think tank. Because if y'all all think like this and there's nobody to push back, we as the fans are doomed. This team ain't going to go no. Yo, we can't sustain shooting 40 and 53s a game. We, it's just, it's just, we don't rebound enough. We also don't like have the playmakers to get great looks. Yeah. It's like shooting it to shoot it almost. And, and it makes no sense. So if you ask asking for this downhill thing, then you need to be doing high pick and roll, which you're not doing. So I have a, I have a question, Brian. I mean, I know we're running a little long, but I have a question okay. for you guys. Uh, uh, and we also start a little bit later. But so in your in your opinions, who do you guys – all right, so what, what, if, what extension do you see Marks getting or do you not see him as the GM come this year? Who do you think I'm, – I'm assuming you guys think Vaughn is the coach going into next year. And who do you think will be – "Quote unquote," the Nets' best player on the roster going into next next year. And if you don't have a specific person in mind, do you think it's someone who's currently on the team, or do you think that there's some type of panic or some type of trade brewing? Yeah, babe, I'll let you go first. I I think I don't. I mean, we're assuming Marks isn't under contract for next year. I have no idea. Yeah, 
I I assume his timeline will match Vaughn's, um, at a minimum, and I I'm gonna. Uh, I hope the best player on the team next year is Bridges. That's my because I don't I don't want to empty the clip from what's gonna like be available. Like is Zach Levine even better than him? And I think he's better than him, but like, he's, but like, but his legs are not. <laughs> you know, so I'm gonna say it's Bridges. I think they take a a modest approach to this offseason and and try to play it slowly, hopefully. Okay, for me, I'm going to say Bridges is our best player. I mean, the man is putting up 30-plus, 40-plus games. So that's the same as Levine, if you ask me. And they're the same age. Yeah, Levine is Um, a chucker. (laughs) Yeah, but – And and, And he plays no defense. Yeah, and Bridges plays within the Florida offense, so I can always get behind that. I also think our number two is not on the team. Um, that that might be the truest thing, right? Where they look, know, or maybe you get a player like on level with Bridges. Yeah, I think I think so. If you say it, for the Nets, Bridges is a one. For the Nets, he's a one. I think if you get a young one or a high efficient two of the Kyrie, AD, Paul George, it won't matter. You know, and I don't think you gotta hunt that far for it. Like I like like I keep saying, I think it's not the flashy names, but people that keep our stars and the people we want in their positions and people are not playing up or down. Um, as far as marks, I don't think he's here. You don't think he's here? Mm-mm. I don't think he's here. And if he is here, it's not a long deal. It's more of Approve it, deal. Um, and then the reason why is if he's not here, I think down personally. You know, and 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 that could be fine. They could spin it that way. Um, I just look at it and say like it's more if we want to blame the players, okay. But now you got to prove it that it was them. So now you got to build it. So I I think he he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt anymore but with the last couple of things that transpired for, for, for whatever reason uh, when you hear people talk about the, and this is the organization not the media when they're talking about the KDs to the Suns and everything else what they said Monte Monte uh, Williams told them don't worry about being the leader I'm the leader that's the structure that's the adult in the room both people went to places where they have adults in the room. All three of them. We still don't have an adult in the room from front office or head coaching. John yeah, so, Vaughn hasn't done anything to earn their respect besides being a respectable man. And basketball is what have you done as far as a player and a coach. And right now, we have nothing to really Yeah. And and they thought Steve was going to be that guy because of his playing resume. But like he just had he didn't have it. Like he had zero leadership qualities whatsoever. Yeah, on the other side of the ball, he had no feel for the game. And that, and and that's okay. So in, in in that regard, I think um they really have to uh 
take a step back before they give any other contracts out and really look and really have a plan going forward that you could start to see immediately. And that's from the draft, free agency. You need to see it because just because these dudes are here now don't mean they won't start asking out neither. Because after you get your money, you can actually go anywhere you want to go. This is off topic, but I hate to say it because I hate them. But you guys got to stop sleeping on this Knicks team, man. They're nobody. Up. Nobody's sleeping on them. We just I'm don't sleeping. Care about I, them. No, I'm I'm sleeping. <laughs> they're about to pull off a win in Boston. No Brunson tonight. Yeah, yeah no, they're, they're they're playing. They're they're playing hard. I think I think the Celtics are 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 pretty bored and are kind of going through the motions right now. Well, I also think the Knicks, what they did, like I said, they brought in Brunson. He stabilized them. And the hard trade was a great trade. Yeah, but Brunson stabilized them. People know they roll. So now even when he goes out, all quickly does is play the Brunson role. And and Tibbs is a good coach, man. Oh, we we, we, we know Tibbs is a good coach, but we know he also runs his players down. Oh, I just spoke too soon, man. Knicks with a terrible foul and I had one. Oh, man. <laughs> Nick's going to Nick. But, yeah, so let's, you know, let's wrap this one up on, you know, let, let, let's see where, if they can maintain the six seed, that's the first sign for me, if you can maintain. Um, now, that, now, now that we finally got a backup big, and I expect him to play in this um, road trip. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't tell from the game today. I couldn't tell if he was on the bench. I don't know if you guys he, saw. Him I don't. Yeah, I don't think they made it official yet because they wanted it to coincide with the break. I mean, with the the road trip. So they had. So I don't think tomorrow. they've officially signed him yet. Uh, so okay, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't. I couldn't. I mean, I saw that Simmons was there. Um. But, but yeah, no, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't see like like they didn't do any welcoming to Neuralands like on the jumbotron or anything. So maybe tomorrow or actually Tuesday morning, they'll announce it so he can play against the Rockets. Possibly. You know, I I look at it that way. Like, I I don't want DFS to still continue to play backup center minutes. Um, I know y'all said that they stopped switching, which to me, it it sings to my heart when you have all these good yeah, individual one-on-one players. There was some be. switching tonight, but it was drastically less. But by, by the way, just to just to answer my own question, I I mean, I've been saying for this entire year that I thought Marks was going to be back. I think he's and I I think I think he's going to be back. It seems like JV will and because of that obviously JV will be here. Uh, I am I'm in the same boat as Bam. I'm really nervous about the the getting the second or second or getting the first star. And like, I mean, I guess we'll, you know, part of it might might depend on, you know, what contract Marks gets, but I, but I mean, we definitely know there were definitely reports out there that the nets were, you know, circling the, the Zach Levine and Siakam and whether that stuff was, KD just related or whether it was kind of also after the KD stuff was gone because like I like we just don't know I'm hoping we don't hear any more leaks like this is so for me this is the last thing I'll probably say I didn't mean to cut you off for me if we don't hear nothing and stuff start happening and it's good things I'll be okay with that because that's how Mark started when he was actually good 
Right, things would come out of left field. Yeah, and it was done. It wasn't, oh, did you hear it? It just happened. That's a good point. So, yeah, let's let's do another one maybe Thursday. You know, maybe bring on uh, somebody from Nets Twitter with us, get another voice in. Yep. But we'll check back in. What's the schedule this week? They play what, Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday they play. Oh, my, my, this is what I want to say to y'all. Give me y'all predictions for five games. I think we go three and two. I'll be optimistic and say two and three. Okay. And um, I would say I this. Think... They should consider. They have that Milwaukee, Minnesota's on a back-to-back. Like I think, I think we beat the Rockets. I think we beat Minnesota. I think we beat OKC. And I know SGA is back, but I think they're still going to have him probably not play back-to-backs and stuff like that. I think we're going to go I think we're going to go 1 and 4 and and if we do then we have the Kings and then the and then the Nuggets at home. And then the Those are two losses. Those are two losses. So I'm I'm not optim I, I'm not like I I said this I said this to Bam at the top before you came in cool. I just I never get too high or low on any of these wins or losses and like the Celtics thing to me was like a type of loss that we would have had during the KD Kyrie era and would have said like yeah, you know what? We're going through the motions. We're waiting to get to the playoffs, whatever. So I think the team clearly has fight. But the, the, as Bam said, with with this Nets team, to me, they can play competitive against any team in the league, and they could lose to any team in the league. So we'll we'll see. I, like the Thunder, to me, are are more talented than the Nets are. Like I just think they and they have the best player in the game. Um, and honestly, the Rockets then kind of scares me. The Rockets just might be a total like you know. They might have just they basically quit on the season, but but now the Rockets are more to me are more like us as far as running gun, and I think we have the best player the, against them. I, I look the Rockets. What do they have? Fifteen wins. Like yeah. you saw tonight with Charlotte, like the Nets would make two passes, and there's just somebody wide open. Like when you're that bad, you know it just takes a wild shooting night. That could always happen, but you know the Nets play that team ten times; they're gonna win. Probably eight or nine of them. And I think we're better than Minnesota without, long as they don't have Cat. We're Wait, better than Minnesota. He, has he been out? Yeah, Cat hasn't played. He's been out the whole year almost. Really? I, you know, it's funny. I pay like zero attention to a team like the Timberwolves. Like I, no. I watch them. I, I, I pretty much watch everybody. He, yeah, they. He's been. He hurt himself. What? Like he hurt himself around like Thanksgiving. I feel like. Yeah, that's also like another guy injury. Be the Nets going after and making me sick to my stomach. Yeah, he's he he to me has the Knicks written all over him. Yeah, he he's a CAA. He's a, he's a CAA guy. He, you got the Leon and, and oh, Wesley connection. That's like that's what y'all alluded to. But I want to say it. Marks has to stop doing deals that's good for agents. Phil, I don't care about your relationship agreed with agents. Like do a deal, and this is not the Jeff Swartz years where he controls half of our half of our roster. Because that's that's basically what he did with Rich Paul, and he did that with Spencer. I'm gonna do a deal so I can be good with the agents. No, well, we had a whole Rock Nation team at one point. Yeah, and 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 you see how that went, right? (laughs) It's just more so do what's in the best interest of the team, because right now your resume says bubble to play in, um, second round. Swept in the first round. In chaos. Yeah, to be yeah, that's all on his watch. That like 
People always say he, if he if he leaves here, he's going to have this job right away. I don't believe that. I do. Nah, and I know you know the the, the color of his shoe has something to do with that. But yep. if you look at his resume, his resume don't say that. And I like to think that people are not as slow as all the owners we've had in Brooklyn. <laughs> cool. They gave cool. They gave what's his name? Uh, who's the who's the GM in Charlotte? I don't know if he's still there. Um, Mitch Kupchak. He's yeah, terrible. they gave. I mean, that guy's that guy's gotten like like nine lives. I, I, but Marks will get Marks will get his share of that also. But Kupchak has the lives with the Lakers and Michael Jordan, which is a North Carolina. His his thing is he's so true to North Carolina dudes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I feel like we're at the end. Second second Pod Thorn episode post KD Kyrie era. We're we're obviously going to be back a lot, um, doing our thing, and hopefully by the time you hear this, the Knicks will have lost to the Celtics. But we'll Bro. see. <laughs> it's an overtime. Good night, guys. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Good night.